WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Inside High School Sports is brought to you by Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri. Joining me in studio, Francis Beck and Tom Prince at WNY Athletics. Our resident troublemaker, Roger. Raj, Raj, wait. Raj, wake up. Raj, we started. Okay, you know, Anthony, I realize it's the holiday Yuletide season, but, you know, keep the flattery down, would you please? <laughs> Good morning, guys. Hey, hey. Morning, y'all. Right, there we, there go. we go. Now, now we start, start the show. <laughs> We're going to be talking Fed girls hockey today and Greg Grosskopf from the Niagara County girls. That's the uh, combination Lockport. Niagara Falls team has joined us in studio, and we're going to talk. Well, Star you're point, Star Star point? point Niagara Wheatfield. Star Point Niagara Wheatfield. What did Frank give you bad information? Somebody did. Star Point <laughs> Niagara Wheatfield. I was under the impression that Niagara Falls and Lockport were involved. All right. We'll change that up there. Right? <laughs> Niagara, Niagara Falls, me. Star Point, Lockport. Come on, Anthony. I mean, well, you know, it's not like we're, we're not talking uh, Lakeshore versus Albion. No, no, it's not quite that. But hopefully everybody Kids. had a, a great Christmas. And uh, Francis, I'm sure you got coal. After that, uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Raj, did you behave on Christmas? Yeah. You what did? did I try? It just worked out that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, news and notes before we get into talking girls hockey. Uh, yeah. From MST Seneca, Earl Howard went over 1,000 points on Thursday in their 86-67 to 67 win over Riverside. So nice. congrats to him. So, unfortunately, my news and notes starts off with some condolences to the Southtowns community right now. We lost an amazing woman who uh, was a guidance counselor in the Eden community, as well as got three young boys in the Orchard Park School Districts. Um, Amy Banks, unfortunately, has passed away over the weekend, and it left a huge hole um, in the community. She was an amazing woman, and I just hope those boys know that they've got a complete community behind them. And, you know, we'll always be there to help them along the way. But my condolences out to the Banks family to start off. Our condolences as well. So sorry to hear that. Roger. I have a quick question. Anybody here know anything about volleyball? I mean, is the boys' game that much different than the girls' game? Um, I don't know. depends. What are you asking? Well, today, uh, if you've been following in the news this week, all the all-Western New York teams came out for the non-football sports Mm -hmm. and all that. Today they had volleyball, boys and girls. And the girls, there are 13 in the picture and one that was unavailable for the picture. So they had 14 girls for all-Western New York volleyball. Okay. They had eight boys. I don't understand the difference. I couldn't answer that. You'd have to ask right, somebody. So it's that. not me. It's no. okay. Thanks. I just feel. <laughs> and then last night, my I homework the, again, and now I'm in trouble. Uh, I had the opportunity last night to uh, to do the Kenton uh, tournament last mm-hmm. night, um, and huge day by Jermaine uh, Haynes Jr. Forty one points in a Cardinal O'Hara win over uh, Kenmore East. Cardinal O'Hara wins one hundred two seventy one, uh, and. Literally, Jermaine Haynes goes for 41, and at his 41, which comes with about 10 seconds left in the game, 
is a fading three-pointer as he gets fouled and gets knocked down to the ground for uh, for 41. Wow. Uh, he was on fire. This kid was all over the court. I got the chance. Not only did he put up 41 points, but you saw him rebounding the ball, assisting the ball, defensively all over the place. The kid had an all-around game, deserved MVP honors, no doubt about it. Oh. <laughs> Boy, somebody really liked his performance, I yeah, guess. And then in the consolation game, it was Sweet Home 67, Ken West 56, and then game MVP went to Evan John for Sweet Home there. Another complete game led his team right down to the win over uh, over Ken West. So it was a real good tournament. I'm sure you, a lot of the teams, you know, they're just getting back from a long layoff, a little bit rusty if they weren't in the gym practicing like uh, Brian Baker mentioned last week. So uh, we could see some shaky performances early on. But, you know, now we're getting ready to start league play, and this is where it really heats up. Yeah, it's going to get interesting. I was at a few tournaments this week, and unfortunately, the way they set it up and having teams in there, they were pretty much one-sided games, at least on the girls' side. Uh, but uh, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, Mackenzie Owens, uh, her mother Kelly, used to coach at uh, – Hamburg before she stepped down as a Hamburg girls basketball coach. Her she uh, her daughter Mackenzie, like I say, Kelly's daughter, seventh grade. She was on the all tournament team. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And it could have been the MVP. It was between the two. One was MVP. The other is on the all tournament team. If you would have reversed them, I don't think anybody would complain. But seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders out there, I could take a team of girls, sophomores, and younger against any of the juniors and seniors in western New York, and I'll bet you I'd win. Wow. I've been following a lot of bowling lately, and uh, uh, kudos to Niagara Falls bowling team beating West Seneca West. They had to come from behind, and, uh, man, they have some amazing bowlers. You remember the name Healy, Raj, professional bowler, Pat Healy? Yes. Yes. His, I think it's his grandson, is uh, uh, bowling for Niagara Falls. The one I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago rolled a 300 in uh, in high school uh, action and then a 300 in house action. That's outstanding bowling going on. So uh, kudos to them. They're really, uh, they've really got a nice program going on for bowling. I believe that's the first 300 of the year. And keep in mind for all of you out there bowling people, we have all the bowling stats uh, for every game and every player. Yeah, we in were the talking about on our website. Athletics last night uh, with the Niagara Falls coach, and she says that uh, all the stuff's on there, and uh, go check it out. Is Coach Is Kaplan going to uh, honor us with his presence one of these Saturdays? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we will have Cap on. Okay. We got some really good bowling. I mean, bowling's huge in Western New York. As anybody knows, Tom, we I was just going to say, I mean, there's a huge pedigree here in Western New York when it comes to bowling. And it actually extends all the way, if you, if you consider, all throughout upstate New York. They actually said at one point the most sanctioned bowlers in the country, you know, you got to get through a sanctioned fee and everything for the, uh, for the older bowlers. The most sanctioned bowlers in the country were coming out of upstate New York uh, for, for a short period of time ago which is why you've seen the Masters and some of the big tournaments come here to central New York just because of that reason. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, bowling's huge in Western New York, and we'll definitely be, uh, we'll have a show on that. We'll have Cap and Ventry on to get us updated as to what schools are doing what and what bowlers, uh, and as you, Francis, you just mentioned with the 300, uh, man, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, how many different balls are they using in a 300 game? I've heard between, uh, some of the kids have between six and nine that they bring I was joking around. I was like, they bring a semi truck, pulls up, and and they unload all the bowling balls. It's it's crazy. Well, you know, I think it's kind of overdoing it when they come in with these carts with wheels on it because of all the things. You know, in our day, one ball, a <laughs> pair of shoes, it went in the bag after we were exactly. done bowling, and, and the then the truck of your car, <laughs> and exactly, and the shoes didn't come out till the next time you were bowling. <laughs> exactly, you can't do that. You can't leave the balls outside in the cold. Oh, yeah, this is my sure spare ball. This is my strike Listen. ball. This is this is my you know, ball I use at this house. This is the ball I use at that house. And, and this is for and a 10-pin spare, and this so, one's for the 7-pin spare. And It's not necessarily a house thing. It's an oil thing is yes. what it is. So it depends on the oil coverage of the lanes is what ball I'm going to use. And there are so many patterns right now right. because these kids and also adults, the balls are made to overpower the lanes in a lot of cases that you've got, they're trying new oil patterns. So because of that, you really do need multiple balls. And they can the go online patterns. now, if I remember correctly from uh, last year when we did the bullet show, these kids are able to go online and they're, they're able to get readouts of various uh, <laughs> lanes that they go to. Oh, yeah. And what, what oh, they'll the know certain like specific patterns. Scouting. Oh, yeah. No, this it is. is it's scouting. You're, you're more scouting the lanes. Oh, it's true. You'll see even when you get to a bowling alley how many people will walk right up to the lane and you can walk right up to the foul line and see the oil coverage in a lot of cases on the lane just based upon you standing there and looking at the streaks of oil that's out there. I just go out there with my Fred Flintstone ball and, and let it rip. That's it. Well, no, can you imagine, okay, uh, you know, I live in the Hamburg School District, so I'll use that. Uh, we don't have a match today, but uh, OP is bowling against Frontier. I'm going to go scout that match. What? <laughs> well, you're not scouting the match. You're scouting the lanes. I realize that. but Well, it's like what we do in football. I well, go out there before a game, and I walk around the field. I want to know where, if it's a grass field, I want to know where the the, the uh, crooks and nannies are. And, and in some cases, uh, <laughs> big potholes in the so, middle of a field. Rods, they are scouting matches. Because <sighs> what you do in a lot of cases is you got to go head-to-head as well as go team. Why so is it you're always trying to match up crannies. the right head Why is it matches? never crannies and nooks? What's that? Why is it always nooks and crannies, <laughs> never crannies and nooks? I'm sorry, Roger. I'll change that. Why do you do more. that to me? <laughs> He's grumpy. He woke up late this morning. All right, guys. Uh, we have Greg Grosskopf in studio. And we are going to talk uh, girls-fed hockey. Greg, uh, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it seems like fed hockey, especially with the girls, it's growing by leaps and bounds, and it's it's remarkable. And this is the first year for Niagara County girls. I don't know why I was under the impression that it was Lockport, Niagara Falls, but it's Star Point and Niagara Wheatfield. Uh, Participation-wise, throughout the league, I'm sure you talked to other coaches, are more and more girls coming out to play hockey than ever before. Yeah, it's great. Um Pretty much every school has 20 to 30 girls show up to tryouts, which is unbelievable. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. That's right where we want the numbers to be. So that's uh, it's it's good. It's growing. Um, the girls are getting so much better than 
uh, five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the Buttes coming in or what, but there's so much growth in girls' hockey right now. It's it's amazing. Well, you look at the exposure that uh, the Olympics give you, and as you just mentioned, the success of the Buttes. So I think that's opened up a lot of uh, young ladies' eyes. Hey, this is fun, or maybe it's they've watched their older brother play. And it says, yeah, you know, you know, my brother can do it, I can do it, and they want to go out there and play. Not only that, I think the U.S.-Canada rivalry has a lot to do sure. with it, as much, if not more so, in the Buttes. In fact, I think that rivalry created the interest in the Buttes, and that trickled down to the uh, high school hockey. Yeah, I, I remember watching some of those games. They're the best games in the Olympics. Um, you watch you watch the, the, the men play, it's not even close to being what the – Watching the girls go at it, um, it looked like there was some real hatred out there. It was awesome to watch. It was, it was fun. Those you are good competition. Games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's what, what it's all about is competition. Well, Roger, I'll, I'll just mention two names because they happen to be sisters who have probably turned out to be possibly the more noteworthy sibling, and that would be Tammy Granada on the uh, U.S. side and uh, Haley Wickenheiser, uh, who I'm sure, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember Doug Wickenheiser. Oh, God. <laughs> Throw him out. You know, he's too young to be here. Uh, anyway, Doug Wickenheiser was, uh, oh, what, late 70s, early 80s. He was the number one draft choice overall uh, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, you people all know who Don Cherry is. Well, Don Cherry used to pick on Wickenheiser because he says Wickenheiser was good, but there's no way he should have been a number one overall. The as far as skating goes, I think you know you look at uh, how important it is. The skill level of skating, uh, I'm sure that's grown leaps and bounds. The ability of the girls, you know, how to go go to the right, and a lot of people have troubles crossing over to the left. But just the ability to skate, yeah. There's a lot of speed, um, especially in our league. We have a lot of girls who can really fly out there. Uh, we have a couple on our team that can really move. Um, I have trouble keeping up with them sometimes, and they're moving pretty good. Uh, all, all around the league, there's there's a lot of speed, a lot of, a lot of talented skaters, um, a lot of talented players, so it's it's great to watch. How young do you think they started on skates in order to get that fast? I know one of our assistant coaches, his, his daughters are out there. They're five years old, I think she is. She's out there flying around. She can really move. So they're they're starting young. Oh, they um, are. A buddy of mine who I coached uh <coughs> helped out with T ball when Nick was playing T ball, his daughter uh has gotten into hockey in the last couple of years and I'm sure she's gonna be uh maybe even be playing for you someday and the because uh, they I'm pretty sure they moved out to Niagara Wheatfield, uh the Pilatos and she's gonna be out there and loves hockey. Not only the speed when it comes to skating, but what impresses me even more is the agility. Uh, these girls that can, you know, especially the ones that have to play defense, spin around, skate backwards and do those crossovers backwards. I can't even do the crossovers forwards, let alone try to do it skating backwards. Raj, uh, you can barely walk straight. Well, that's beside the point. But <laughs> I can move get... faster if I'm on the ice. Well, once I get the momentum, you know, the only thing that stops me are the boards. <laughs> Now, is the, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, we've got some nationally, though, recognition here right in western New York when it comes to hockey, uh, especially on the uh, on the girls' side of the spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I know we start with Becker down in, in Orchard Park, but, you know, why don't you talk about some of the things here nationally that's really, 
that you talk about Team USA versus Team Canada. Well, we've got people that are actually representing them on the younger age groups. Am I correct? Yeah, as far as I know, there's a few that um, I know. I know Brooke Becker from Flop. She uh, she's was a All American preseason All American. Off to Providence too. Am I correct? Yeah, there's there's a bunch, there's another D one commit uh, this past week. Um, I think there was from Williamsville. There was another D one commit. So the the talent is amazing. The the skills amazing, and they're we're getting recognized. So it's it's. Are there more scholarships now being offered for the, for the girls and giving them another avenue uh, for college? Yeah, there's been quite a few scouts coming around, uh, especially our league. Our league is one of the top ones in the state, so I think we're getting recognized. A lot of our girls are, and I think it's going to continue to to keep going. And our league is pretty dominant, so we'll we should have quite a few D1 commits in the next few years. Um, just keep rolling out of our our league. Yeah, like you say, you just named two of them right there between Providence and 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 Will North. I mean, you could talk any sport right now. We were talking, you know, we heard basketball, we've heard commits now to Marist, and we've heard commits to multiple D ones across the country. Tennessee, Tennessee for softball. I mean, and we, basketball, and basketball, right? We've heard it clear across the way. I mean, girls sports here in Western New York is 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 getting noticed. And this is exactly one of the reasons why, right here. Well, I can tell you right now, it's got to you know you look at this, and uh, there's got to be one common denominator: kids that are working hard. You're not going to get there if you're not working hard. And I know it, uh, I preach this constantly on this program. If uh, you don't put the time in, don't expect to get that scholarship. Don't expect to play at the next level. But the ones that we are seeing, like you guys are referring to, they're the ones that are putting the time in in the off season. They're training. They're running. They're lifting weights. They're doing everything that's possible. Anytime they, you know, with hockey, anytime they can get see ice, they get out there and skate. Quick question, and we're talking about uh – D1 commits. Uh, where did Casey Adamy end up going? Did anybody have any idea? No, I don't recall. Well, well, I well to do some research. Please do. Uh, we re- you remember about what three years ago we had her uh, when we had uh, Morose mm-hmm. and uh, her mother uh, Nic- Nicola. Yes, she uh, Nicola, from Germany. Nicola was a you know German native and all that, and Casey Adamy has what do you call it? Dual status. Uh, Dual citizenship? Dual citizenship. So if she can't make the U.S. Olympic team, she could probably play in the Olympics for Germany. Greg, can you walk us through your first couple months as a team? I know you you got off to a bit of a rough start, and um, you kind of pulled it together at the last minute. Can you walk us through uh, your November and early December? Yeah, we, uh, we had three schools uh, committed to joining the team. Um, one ended up pulling out at the last minute, so we were, we were hoping that we could get enough people. Um, another big thing was money. Hockey's not cheap, so that's for sure. That was yeah, that was a, a bit of an issue. We had probably four or five girls that said they couldn't play because the the money, um, and that's sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's rough. Um, the ice times, it just gets more and more every year, and it, I mean it is what it is. But um, the cost went up, and and some of the girls kind of got a little gun shy. Her parents got a little gun shy about it, so. We were scrambling um, to make sure we had enough to, to field a team. Um, our coach started a, a GoFundMe page, and it, it blew up. And girls, we, we got enough where the girls didn't have to pay as much, and, and everybody came back. And we ended up with 20, 20 girls for our team. So Pretty cool. You yeah. even, they even got – oh, 
Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break with Francis. Hold your thought. When we come back, we're going to get into more uh, Girls Fed Hockey. You're listening to Inside High School Sports and WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11. Tonight at 7, it is Boston and the and the Sabres right here at WGR Sports Radio 550. I do. I uh, neglected to mention this in the beginning, and I believe it's going to start next Saturday. So you coaches out there, you're going to want to stay tuned every Saturday morning because we do have something special lined up for you. Uh, we did want to find out one thing during break. What's that? Bowling's better. Even if you have nine bowling balls, it don't cost as much as some of this hockey equipment. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was just telling them what they were telling me. Uh, uh, hockey stick costs in this day and age. Back in my day, you could have bought two pair of the top ice skates for the same price that one hockey stick costs today. I think when I was a kid, Bowers were probably Bowers Supremes in the 40s. and Bowers Super Supremes. I remember, and a good coho stick was maybe sixteen dollars. If I say CCM, do you people know what I'm talking? Oh my God, Cooper! She knows. She knows CCM. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yep, Joe Fuck Cooper. Yep, all those good ones. Yep. yep. How about the straight blade uh, one <laughs> that Donnie Loose had? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they don't make that anymore. Dan Luce used a straight stick, no curve whatsoever. One of the best penalty killers ever. He along with Craig Ramsey. Yeah. Great memories. All right, Francis, you did have something that you wanted a, a train of thought that you started before the before I rudely interrupted you. <laughs> Why don't you go back? Yeah, they uh start they needed funds to help get the team going in November, so they started to go fund me page and they got a special donation from a certain ESPN sports center anchor. Yeah, John Bouchagross, uh he saw us on Twitter and he, he donated um quite a bit of money and it, it got us kick started and we ended up raising around $5,000 when it was all said and done, which helped pay for the team. And um, a lot of the girls came back. It, we had a good we had a good showing. That's and it was all because of something we started on uh, just a GoFundMe on Twitter. And it, it got I mean, it went pretty viral. We were I was watching it during class, just watching it keep going up and up and up. It was it was fun to see. Wow. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. to. I'd like to say thank you to all those who donated. Um, it's appreciated. The, the girls really appreciate it. And. What uh, factor do the Pagulas have? You know, they're huge supporters of hockey, obviously, as owners of the Sabres. And, um, you know, very ba- their presence, how much do you think that that's added to the growth of not just girls' hockey, but boys' hockey, too? Yeah, I think the, uh, the outreach that they do, um, they're, so, they're so noticeable. They're out in the community doing stuff, and I think people appreciate that and notice it. And, I mean... It's nice, nice playing hockey, knowing that people are out and about, kind of noticing and and caring that you guys are we're putting in the effort and the time, and I think that they really are two people who really do well in in getting themselves out there and helping helping the community with some of that stuff. So I think that is so yeah. cool. You know, another thing that I, I have to believe as to it is the amount of rinks that we now have. Compared to when I was young playing youth hockey to now, um, it's not even comparable. 
there are rinks popping up everywhere, and I'm uh, not sure that there's plans for other rinks to be opening up around western New York. Uh, we have a lot. Anthony, in my day, you either went across the bridge. Played to, on the pond. To the Fort Erie <laughs> Arena, or you played in the rinks, Roosevelt Rink, Casanova Rink. And that's what Cas was an outdoor rink. The, the, yeah, the Oh, they have an indoor rink? What, Tosh Collins has an indoor rink now? I'm going home. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's right across from Mercy where my wife worked, and I wasn't even aware of that. Anyway, yeah, uh, outdoor rinks, Roosevelt Rink, that was the one, you know, over adjacent to that shrine on Suffolk Avenue next to the uh, uh, Kensington Expressway. I don't recall Rose- Roosevelt Rink at all. Oh, yeah, it was. That was an outdoor rink? Yes, Oh, yeah, that was the only rink near, you know, that was walking distance for, uh, you know, the guys in my mind. But uh, uh, we've what, had River, a history River, lesson today. Yeah. Riverside had one. I yes, and they, I remember that being didn't outdoors. did they have one down there in LaSalle Park or in that area down there? They had some kind of a, uh, of course, I that was recall. so close to Fort Erie, maybe not. There just weren't <laughs> that many rinks. Well, you say Roosevelt, that was the home of the Buffalo Regals back in the day. I did not know that. Yes. Outstanding. Well, I like this history lesson we're getting. Uh, Greg, you're talking about, you know, we mentioned the growth and the amount of girls. Is the game getting more physical for the girls? Yes. <laughs> I would um, think so. Yes. As, as you get more competitive, I think it would be only natural. Yeah, that's, that's something that I think a lot of our girls especially um, kind of weren't aware of or weren't ready for. We have a really young team, seventh, a lot of 7th and 8th graders, and when you're playing seniors in high school, it gets a little physical. Um, some of the girls are a lot bigger than you. So it it took some time to kind of realize that the skill level and how, how physical the game actually is. And Are the rules in place now? I mean, is there a difference between the boys and girls and trying to make the girls less physical? Are the rules in place to prevent the, you know, the big hit to the boards? Yeah, there's there's no body checking, but it's hockey. Um, there's a lot of bumping. Uh, we got to work hard to get that puck, and if you have to move somebody, you move somebody. So there, it's definitely a physical game. Um, I think some girls are better better with it than others. Um, again, there's a lot of young girls playing, so they're just learning now how to play the game the right way, play physical without having to, to actually hit somebody, um, which is good. I think the boys could take a little lesson on that too. The, the objective is to get the puck, not to hurt somebody. Do you guys work with USA Hockey as far uh, with safety uh, uh, matters? You know, a lot like I know in football with with uh, USA football is keeping your head up, and you know you want to limit the uh, chances of concussions. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of USA Hockey uh, programs you can do coaching classes that we run through, and we have to go through. And they teach you how to hit the right way, teach you how to teach hitting It's the such right a way. fantastic uh, uh, tool to use as a coach. We use it for youth football and the things that we learn. You know, I've talked about all the time hawk tackling and uh, keeping your head out. But I know in talking with uh, one of the financial guys on KB1520 who does, who's uh, affiliated with USA Hockey and telling me and how the, the safety tips, videos that you can watch as a coach. And is that, uh, at the youth level, are they getting certified? Yeah. Uh, I, I know we had to go through some certification stuff to, to be able to coach both for Fed and um, coaching throughout the years, running through a bunch of certifications you had to do. So it's it's good. Get get some knowledge in the game and, and 
teach people how to teach, which is it's something that it's is huge. important for me, right? Especially so, Raj. I would think. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay, it's beside the point. The amount of physicality uh, the girls play on that would be directly proportional. I'm sure a lot of the girls that play spend half their early years playing against their brothers and or male cousins and all that, and they probably had to be uh, show that they could survive the physical game, and that just trickled on down, and now they grow up and all that versus, I mean, how many girls out there play, what do you want to call it, Sandlot neighborhood hockey girls only? I don't think there's too many of those running around. You're That's playing a good point, with the Raj. boys. Sometimes uh, you want to play, we need a goalie. Play goalie or right. else you don't play, stuff like that. That's probably how girls' goaltenders came about. So that, I would think, would have something to do with the amount of physicality in any one or more of the female hockey players. So we have Paige and Paige Keatley, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Keelty. In studio. What was it? Keelty. Keelty. Uh, so you're about halfway through your season. I know it hasn't gone so well in terms of wins and losses, but what's it like to play in the Fed? It's amazing. It's a dream come true. I never thought. Oh, sorry. It's a dream come true. I never thought I'd be able to play on a girls' hockey team for my school. I saw boys doing it growing up, but I'm almost like I have to stay in house leagues because it was just wasn't available. To be able to do it is there's no words to describe it. Like there's so many friends I make through this. People in other schools, the community. The camaraderie I get from this, it's amazing. How did you get involved? I mean, what, you know, clicked to say, hey, I want to play hockey? Well, my mom actually played hockey and her brothers did. So she's like, we're going to put you in the learn to skate when we're younger. And then took a break for a while because I did gymnastics for a while. But like, stop that. But I wanted to do something else. And like hockey, I remember it was really fun. Like I still skated for during Christmas time on the ponds and I still enjoyed it. So I, I decided to go for it. Just in it. I loved it, and it's given so much to me. At what age did you start playing? Uh, 12? Okay, that's not too 12. bad. Yeah. What do you think of the talent in the league? It's great. Like, these girls, they can walk through people. They can deke. They can skate. They're flying. It's it's high. It's did it take you by surprise, or is it about what you were expecting? A little bit by surprise, but I acclimated. We're good. What position do you play? Center and wing? Right, yeah. What's your favorite shot? Wrist shot. Wrist shot? Wrist shot. Yeah. As mm-hmm. Jenna Rett would say, top shelf where mama hides the cookies. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Coach, talk about some of the teams. Who uh, Who's out there having a good year so far? Uh, Monsignor Martin's really good. Uh, we played them, I think, our first game of the season. They're pretty They're pretty solid. They uh, They look like they've been playing together for quite some time. Their passing is just unbelievable. Um, Flop has a really good team. Um, they have a, a few good players that are just <laughs> leaps and bounds better than most of the most of the other ones out there. Um, like I said, Brooke Becker, she's a she's a real stud. Um, like her. somebody like that, when they get on the ice, so they completely take over the game, skating around people. Maybe it's the ability to shoot and, and really pick their shots. Yeah, watching watching her amazed me. Her patience with the puck, like we'd have people attacking her, and she would just hold it and hold it and hold it, and then just take a nice wrist shot and. High glove, it's in. Like her shots, unbelievable. Her patience, unbelievable. She's uh she's pretty pretty fun to watch. Um, Emma uh, Williamsville's got like three or four of them that can walk around anybody. They're they're real fast, real talented. You ever sit behind the bench and your jaw just yeah. drops? Like, oh, yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost every game, there's a couple girls on on all these teams that are just they're <laughs> they're incredible. We have a couple um, that are real good too, um, but. 
watching just watching the the whole the whole league as a whole is is awesome. Obviously, it helps when the girls grow up playing together, and they spent like maybe you've had three of them that have been aligned together. And I know it's like that for the boys; uh, they played it in youth, they've played it all the way up now into high school, so they understand and and know each other. Yeah, that's that's something I kind of noticed this year. Um, we, none none of our girls have really played together, so the first month or two, it's it's more getting to know how everybody plays than it is coming together and actually doing the things that we need to do to win and and compete it's it's still learning how to play the game correctly and play with each other um does that motivate you now to get to uh the rinks and to find the youth programs and talk to the young girls out there and the parents about uh you know maybe someday playing for for uh, your niagara county team and uh, just getting to know them yeah, I think uh, some of our assistant coaches, they have some young girls, and, and they're out and doing that a lot, um, just talking with the parents, and, and all the, their girls play with all their friends, and they're coming up in the next few years, hopefully three, four years from down the road. We'll have all of them coming up as a, as a whole, as a group, which would be awesome. Um, they all play together, and hopefully that, that translates on the ice. Yeah, when you get that chemistry yeah. – you know, that's not something you coach. That's, no, right, right. That, that develops over time. Yeah, that took some time. It's taking some time still. And, and you could see some of the top teams, they have that chemistry, and they, they look like they've been playing together for a long time. You know, I also noticed a lot of these teams have really double goalies, which you don't see often with the boys. You usually have your main starter, but most of these teams where you have, like, you have starter A and starter B, and is that something that's – more keen to girls hockey in general or is that just kind of this league how it plays out i think it's just how it plays out um i know that i like to try and get everybody involved and and playing so i think that's the same thing for the goalies um our league's pretty good at getting everybody involved Um, nobody wants them to sit several games at a time and i mean there's teams where you can you play your your starter all game or your number one or one a or whatever you want to call it uh, they play the whole game, and other times you, you're going to split them. So, well, goalies are a different character. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's no yeah. question about it. When you say split them, you're talking about half a game, or uh, like uh, one game for uh, one and the next game for one A. Uh, sometimes they do half and half. Um, I know last one of the other games they had three goalies stressed, and they played all three, and just just trying to get them all out there. Paige, how much communication goes on between you and your teammates when you're on the ice? We do a lot of tapping on the ice with the stick. A lot of tapping. We we try and communicate a lot. Uh huh. Quietly. Yeah, it's yeah. that's something we've been so working, working on. on. Um, like I said, with chemistry, you guys, it's easy to talk to your friends and just say, "Hey, pat, like pass the puck here." But when they don't know each other, you have seventh graders and twelfth graders. Who the seventh graders are terrified. Yo, twelve, so, I'm open right, here. Yeah, they just, they're just terrified to speak anything. So, they, I mean, it's been a learning curve with that. It's something we've talked about at every practice. You got to talk, got to talk, got to talk. We're all friends here. We'll just got to talk. Once the communication has started, we, we've been playing a lot better. So, I think that's a, been a learning curve for us as well. Are the girls going more and more out of the way to, you know, talk to each other off the ice when you're away, so you get to know each other better. Oh yeah, we got a group chat started, talking about some team bonding. We're plan—it's in the planning. Good, nice good, communication. Good. 
All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we have one last segment of Inside High School Sports. Talk about some of the more of the players around the league, uh, you know, who are doing good things. So we'll get to know that. And don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follow, I mean, follows us at 11 right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Talking girls fed hockey. Raj, you had something. Real quick. Uh, my bad. Uh, I just got a text when I mentioned Mackenzie uh, Owens earlier, the seventh grader that played basketball. That could have been the MVP. I neglected to see what school she played for. She played for Springville. Thank I just you. got a text. I want to acknowledge Springville. Very impressive girls teams. Looking forward to Monday the 7th. They play a basketball game at Eden. It should be a dandy and a barometer. Tom brought up a good point in, in the uh, during the break. And, you know, we're so used to having Bill Pavone in here and, and talking uh, <laughs> girls hockey. Uh, so the terms flop and cash and Monsignor Martin is second, you know, nature because we've heard it so many times. But we have to remember that there are new listeners uh, every year. Francis, break it down as to who is who in uh, girls' fed hockey. All right, so we'll kind of go through the standings as we go through this. The flop, which is Frontier, Lakeshore, Orchard Park. They are the defending state champion, the first for Section 6. They are top the standings, 19.5 points. Their lone tie was to Monsignor Martin, December 13th. And they have a league best six goals allowed this season in seven games. Of course, they have Brooke Becker going to D1 Providence. She is currently... Uh, has 84 all-time points and within striking distance of cracking the all-time top 10. They have two goalies, Maggie Spice and Victoria Cottrell, splitting time and net. Behind them is Williamsville. Their only loss came to the flop. Uh, they have a league-leading 42-team goals. They're led by field hockey star Emma Rowland, 31 points, 17 goals, 14 assists, more than double the second place person, the second leading scorer in the league. And then you got Lid. Uh, their lone loss was to Monsignor Martin. They also tied Hughes. They have 13 and a half points in the air. Now, who makes yeah, up Lid? Lid? Uh, Lancaster, uh, Iroquois, and Depew. And Williamsville, of course, is made up of three Williamsville schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Brianna Colchui, Colchui who is uh, from Lancaster. She is going to. UMass, Boston, that's D3. Monsignor Martin, who we were talking about earlier, which is made up of all the Monsignor Martin schools, which have girls, they all go into it. Um, They have 13.5 points. Their loss was to Williamsville, and they tied the flop. Alexa Groh leads the team with four goals and six assists. Next, we have Hughes, which is Hamburg, Eden, and West Seneca. They have nine points. Uh, they have the two wins over Niagara County. Uh, leading their team is Caitlin Morris with six goals and three assists. Next, we have Cash, which is one of my favorites. Clarence, so <laughs> <laughs> Clarence Amherst, and Sweet Home. Uh, they have wins over Hughes and Niagara County. They're led by, of course, Emma Faso, nine goals, five assists this year. She is currently fourth on the all-time leading list for the league. And certainly within, she's about seven points away from being number three all time. When uh, Cash would play flop, if you took the P out of flop, would you call that the Cash flow game? I don't know, but it sounds like a poker game to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, my, and my other question is, why is Lancaster, Iroquois, Depew, why are they lid? Why couldn't they be dill? Dilly dilly. <laughs> dilly dilly. Very good, Anthony. Very good. All right. Go ahead, Francis. Sorry about and that. And then we have Kenji, which is Kenmore, the two Kenmore schools along with Grand Island. They are led by Caitlin Savoy with seven goals and an assist on the year. Then we have Niagara County, who doesn't have any wins yet this year, but they have you have a pretty stud there. Uh, and Natalie O'Brien, seven goals, five assists. So that's a rundown of the girls' uh, girls league. All the acronyms explained, and I did that in the order of the standings. And you can go on their website, wnygirlshockey.com. Great for, job, Francis. Yeah. Greg, you guys need a nickname. We got, you got Isn't to come up with, You got to add a school with a vowel in there so we can uh, come up with a good nickname. Yeah, you got that Kenny's Grand Island. That could be the Kiji team, right? Just don't let Roger in charge. Well, you. actually, That's my awesome. original thought was when they had NT, they could be the 425s because 425 runs through NT, Star Point, and Niagara Wheatfield on Shawnee Road. That was my idea. But and Wilson, good. if they want to get involved. Good call there, Francis. Good call. Nobody liked that, I guess. <laughs> Is there any talk of of adding another school for Niagara County uh, to combine with you guys? Is any, you know now that you guys are up and running, are some of the schools reach out saying you know maybe we could do something next year? Yeah, next year we have uh, North Tonawanda coming in, um, and then uh, Luport is going to be our our new team. So um, they they couldn't do it this year. We, we were a little late to the budget, but um, they're in for next year. So. There should be a decent amount of girls coming out from from Luport, and I guess there's a pretty good some some pretty good ones too. So watch out for them next year. Joining. Is it difficult communicate? I mean, now you know you got players spread out, with, uh, uh, you know, several schools. You know, you guys just two right now, but communicating with everybody and arranging practices and you know, okay, we could we could get to this rank, we can get to that rank. Uh, is it difficult for you? Yeah, a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails. Um, but we're we make it work. Um, a lot of it, I'm sure, yeah. social media helps you yeah. out. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff like that. Um, one of the assistant coaches runs runs our Twitter, um, and and that gets a lot of information out. So that's that's what we kind of use for now. What ranks are you guys playing on as far or practicing on? We're mostly a hockey outlet um, right now. Uh, we're gonna have. I'm gonna see if I can do a little bit more next year. So. Like Hopefully, Hyde Park, would that Hyde be Park, a... um, The Lockport rink is is not too far away either, so um, we might try there. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, Paige, best of luck to you uh, throughout the season, and Greg, uh, best of luck to you know your team. And guys, thanks very much for another great program and another great year. Happy uh, New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to happy everybody. Year. And uh, well, Derek Kramer, thank you for a wonderful year of producing Sports Talk Saturday is next on WGR Sports Radio 550.